Welcome to the Family Law Now podcast. I'm Russell Alexander. Today we're going to talk about the top 10 things that may surprise you about the collaborative process. We're joined again by Jarrett Johnson. How are you doing today, Jarrett? Great, Russ. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me back again. Pleasure. Uh, so we've got 10 tips here. Number one, the growth in Canada of collaborative practice as an alternative dispute resolution. So what we're seeing is a lot of practice groups and think tanks uh, pop up around southern Ontario and across the nation, uh, focusing on the principles of collaborative practice, forming groups, educating their members, and trying to get the word out to the public. So have you seen a lot of growth over the last couple of years? Yeah, it's, uh, it's wild how quickly this process is growing as one of the ADR processes, one of the processes we can parties can use out of court, keep costs down and be more timely. I know. I've only been practicing since 2012 and my uh, years of practice, it's grown exponentially, especially in, in, in uh, Durham region, York region, Kawartha Lakes. Yeah, Toronto. We're seeing it, you know, traditionally a lawyer would get a file or a new client. We'd send a letter off to the other lawyer and then, or the other party, they would get a lawyer, the two lawyers would exchange information. And traditionally a good part of those cases would result in a separation agreement being crafted by the lawyers or with their clients. But what I'm seeing a lot more now is initial letters going out, including brochures about collaborative practice, encouraging the other partner who doesn't have a lawyer to go see a collaboratively trained lawyer. What can they expect when they see a collaboratively trained lawyer? What's going to be different than this traditional model? Yeah, I think in the traditional model, it's very oppositional. Um, there tends to be a lot of win-lose approach to the file, right? Uh, yeah, we're always advocating for our clients as passionately as we can. But I find in the collaborative process, the, you're not going to see the lawyers standing there fighting with each other, wasting money and time in a meeting. The lawyers are going to be working cooperatively and creatively to try to come up with uh, some options that, that may work for the parties and meet both parties' interests to some degree, right? And a good example of that, um, we're seeing a lot more full teams now. So when we're talking about full teams, we're, having, we're talking about the two separating spouses, having their own collaborative lawyers, and then bringing family and financial neutrals involved. So again, the traditional model, you'd have lawyers writing letters saying, let's exchange this information, and then they would disagree over what was sent. And we would have this merry-go-round of letters and exchanges, uh, usually resulting in motions court and a court order making an order for disclosure. By contrast, when we do it collaboratively with the financial neutral, we have one professional dealing with disclosure for both parties and assembling one brief at a fraction of the cost that the traditional model would employ. So that takes us into number two, our its success rate. What have you been seeing in terms of collaborative practice and family court files, or family files, sorry? Yeah, I, I mean, we're, we keep stats now, and, and which has been tremendous for collaborative process in general because now we're, we're better able to track uh, satisfaction rates for, for members of our communities, right? And, and our people, um, you know, getting through this process with less emotional, financial, and mental impact than other process. I mean, we're dealing with likely the most traumatic and emotionally charged event in most people's lives. And uh, as much as we can do to lower that cost, that emotional and financial cost, the better, right? And I think, um, just personally speaking, from my files that settle in the collaborative process, versus litigation, versus the traditional model you were talking about with the letters back and forth, 
um, and I'm sure you can share this sentiment, is, is the uh, success rate uh, on those files. Not only are more files completing in collaborative process, but uh, the satisfaction of the clients and how they leave that process with a completed, usually separation agreement, um, it, it takes less of a toll on them. So that's what I think we, we focus on when we say success right. rate, right? And you know, it's an, it's an interesting concept of success rate and it ties into the third point, costs. A lot of people consider costs in terms of money out of their pocket, but to tie that into the point you just made, there's a real emotional cost to going to court. And by doing matters collaboratively, you're doing it in a private setting, usually in a lawyer's boardroom or office. You're with professionals that are there to assist you. So just the savings in terms of emotional costs can be enormous. Yeah, great point, uh, absolutely. And point number four, uh, flexibility. Uh, you and I uh, have had a couple files within the last six months. One of them, um, we had to attend a hospital. Um, we've had files where we've had to go to uh, clients' homes. Um, the ability to mobilize in the collaborative process versus a court system or traditional model is just incredible in the sense of uh, when the professionals come together and are able to, to think creatively to help the parties resolve maybe their immediate concerns right away and then, uh, and then talk to the clients more about their big picture goals. Um, that ability to be flexible, not only the clients being flexible in terms of timing and, and, and things like that, but also the professionals to coordinate with, with flexibility in mind. You see that in the collaborative process much more than any other process. Right? That's a great point. And we see that in a lot of the family businesses we help. So we're saving the golden goose. We're being flexible. We can bring in minority shareholders. We can bring in tax experts. We can do legacy planning. Uh, which a court would not do for a family. So incredible range of flexibility. And the fifth point is timeliness. That case you just mentioned where we had to attend at a hospital, we literally had a few weeks to wrap this case up. And fortunately, the professionals came together. The hospital was very accommodating. And it could be a very time effective use of resources. Do you want to talk about that briefly? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of times we have people coming through our door where there's an estate sale or there's health issues or there's people are dealing with very uh, traumatic events that where we're under a deadline to, to try to help them resolve their issues as timely as possible. So, I mean, if you're waiting three or four months for, for uh, a court date, good luck, right? We're in the collaborative process. Uh, we're able to mobilize quickly, come together, and as long as all the professionals know there's, there's a deadline or there's some, some urgency to, to resolving, um, I, I find it very rare that uh, we're not able to mobilize quickly and, and assist the, the clients in, in resolving those immediate concerns in the case in general. Uh, within the timeline requested by the parties. Now, having said that, sometimes the the clients themselves uh, may not move at the same pace and may not may not uh, desire the same timeline as the other party. But it's usually faster than waiting for a case conference four months down the road, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Always, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that takes us to the sixth point. The spectrum of files can go from low to high conflict. Now, when, this, uh, when we started doing collaborative in this community, we would screen a lot of files out that would send up red flags as being too high conflict to resolve collaboratively. That's sort of 
there's sort of been a turning point with respect to that. You want to talk a little bit about the spectrum of files? Yeah, I think our screening has improved. Uh, it ties into uh, the ongoing training and development of collaborative uh, lawyers and other professionals uh, that practice, but um, the ability to deal with high conflict files has really grown in the last five years, I'd say. Um, the files you and I have been on together, have uh, we've had a few high conflict files. I've had files where um, there was just criminal charges laid, very high conflict. Sometimes uh, there's, there's members um, involved with detention and, and things of that nature where you would normally look at that file and think there's no way this can be dealt with in a collaborative process where we're supposed to respect each other and everyone uh, act in an amicable fashion in these meetings. But with the help of our fa family professionals, better screening and better training among, among the lawyers and the financial professionals, it's actually uh, surprising that I think on some cases the collaborative process is, is better suited for the high conflict files than, than the traditional court model. And that's the seventh surprise tip, training. <laughs> so a lot of people don't appreciate that when you retain a lawyer who's offering a collaborative practice or process, there's specialized training and there's specialized training for the team members as well. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, there's, there's always training. We have membership standards uh, as collaborative uh, professionals and lawyers. The, the trainings that are offered uh, are usually excellent. We, we get uh, trainers in from the GTA in general. We, we do training. I know you do, do uh, training and seminars um, all, all over North America. Uh, there's always the um, OCLF conference. Um, we just recently did a training on dealing uh, with specialized high-conflict domestic uh, collaborative files in this area. Uh, it was excellent and, um, and there's always uh, an ongoing push in the collaborative process to be better and do better and to assist our clients in, in, in a better fashion. So I think uh, there's a real commitment to that and, and beyond our membership standards there's, there always seems to be meetings uh, bringing in tax professionals. We do meetings bringing in uh, chartered accountants. We bring, do meetings bringing in bankruptcy specialists. There's always um, an ongoing drive to improve uh, the caliber and the product itself, right? The, right. The, the lawyers that practice collaboratively take it seriously and there's always that aim to give the clients the best product possible. Yep. And they're still providing a framework, they're still representing their clients, but they're doing it in a very collaborative way. Which takes us to the eighth point, recent changes. What do you see? There's definitely been some recent changes. I would say there's been a shift, in, and uh, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, Russ, but I, I would say there's been a shift towards um, our ability to provide more enforcement in the collaborative process. That's always been one of the uh, question marks, I think, in the collaborative process uh, when we have these meetings um, and there's, there's an understanding in the meetings and we take our progress notes. How do we make sure that everyone does what they say they're going to do in the meetings right. when we're out of court and there's no court orders to enforce that? So a hypothetical example is there's an agreement that um, somebody's going to be making this mortgage payment until the next meeting two, three weeks down the road or two months down the road and the payment's not being made. So we're looking at better ways to enforce these temporary agreements to make sure that uh, 
They're essentially as enforceable as a court order. That's right, exactly. So I think, I think our uh, collaborative membership in general is, is, is putting our minds to different mechanisms we can put in place in our meetings to make sure that um, there's, there, we're still uh, treating everyone with respect and, and understanding, but there's also some ca accountability. So we're, we're implementing more interim agreements at right. our meetings. So if you got 90% of your case done, let's sign off on it. And that other 10% where we might be waiting on a pension valuation or some other information, we revisit it when the information becomes available. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If there's something that um, we, we need to have in place in, in terms of sanctions and, and something that uh, we, we need to make sure each party's accountable for, then uh, there's no reason, like you said, we can't parse off uh, an issue that can wait to a later right. meeting, and but make sure we have a domestic contract in place with some level of enforceability to it to get us from that meeting to next. Right? And purists will certainly disagree with me on this point, but I've got this sort of concept of a runaway train where you and I have taken high conflict cases out of court to do it collaboratively recognizing that there may still be one or two issues such as jurisdiction or mobility that may need to be addressed because uh, it looks like there's going to be an impasse. Um, so we've amended agreements to enable us to deal with a case management judge if necessary just on those specific issues. Yeah, absolutely and I think um, I think the rate at which we're withdrawing or suspending court actions to engage in the collaborative process has grown and I think that's a positive change because um, I know I've been on many files and I know you likely have been as well where pulling it out of the court process has resulted in a resolution for the yeah. parties. And I've found the court to be very accommodating. Case management judges are glad to get these things off their list and if it looks like it's going to save court time and resources, um, yeah. they've been very supportive. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. There's only so many resources, and they're they're overworked. And and uh, historically, we we would hear the judges recommending maybe the parties trying mediation um, as an alternate uh, mechanism for resolution. And now uh, we're even hearing some of the judges recommending uh, collaborative process as another right. option, right? And, and financial neutrals to prepare exactly. the disclosure. Yeah. Number nine, global progress. What do you see? Yeah, I think um, it's not just Canada that collaborative process is expanding and becoming more popular. Even just five years ago, we found ourselves having to inform clients at initial consultations what collaborative it even means, what collaborative process is. Uh, and now it's very rare that I don't have an initial consult where the client brings it up or they've seen something on TV or um, I know it's becoming, uh, it originated in California, was a concept there. Um, it took a long time to get a lot of recognition, but uh, certainly we're seeing the growth and the popularity of, as an out-of-court ADR, alternative dispute resolution process, grow in popularity, uh, not just in our country, and uh, I think it's a real positive thing globally. And it's not just limited to family law, we see it in civil litigation and other areas of law as well. So these principles and these, these roadmaps that we follow uh, has proven to be successful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, the uh, it's it's just like anything. If if you have a positive um, reaction or, or if you have a, take something positive away from the process, then you talk about it. 
right? right? And um, for any of my clients, certainly uh, that have been through a lengthy litigation battle, and then any of my clients that have been through the collaborative process, um, you know, I'm getting much higher satisfaction rates, and I'm sure you are too in your experience with your yeah. clients. And our final point, number 10 today, is continuing challenges. So I find as a practicing lawyer that it's still always a challenge to get the word out there. And really when I write first letters uh, on a file or a case, I'm writing it for the other spouse. So I want to understand that we're not the big bad wolf. You know, we're not going to run off to court right away. We include lots of brochures, a lot of information about the process. Oftentimes I'll list websites where they can get additional information. Sometimes, depending on what community they're from, I may list five or six lawyers that I know practice collaboratively. Um, I know in smaller communities it's often difficult for lawyers or clients to get appointments with lawyers. They may have to wait a week or two or lawyers are too busy. So we try to push them in the right direction in the sense that these people have the training and it's an option that's open for you. But what other challenges are you seeing? Yeah, I, I think one of the challenges we're constantly facing is affordability of the process itself. Um, Brian Galbraith uh, has, has his uh, low-income family. Um, block fee. Block fee. Program. And that's a program where he's done a great job. He's created a binder for professionals and a binder for clients. They, I th I'm not sure what the numbers are. It's the range, I think, is fifteen to $18,000. But that includes a full team, so you got a financial neutral, family neutral, two sets of lawyers for each uh, partner. It includes two meetings, uh, so it may sound like a big number, but when you look at the value that you're getting, it's a streamlined process uh, trying to make this collaborative uh, approach more affordable to all the families. Yeah, exactly. I think that's been a hurdle um, for, for some of my clients that will say, um, it seems like there's more members involved. It seems like this would be more costly. And, um, and sometimes the reality is there's a little bit more upfront cost, but if it's going to save time and it's going to save uh, in, in make the resolution more timely, a lot of time involving these financial and f family neutrals can actually save cost. And it's, it's hard to, to see that uh, right. up, up front. And, and um, it's, certainly, uh, it's certainly not a free process, but it's certainly a process where I think a, a lot of the professionals are dedicated to making it more cost efficient. And uh, I know the practice groups in Durham region, York region, and Corth Lakes are working on making a more low-cost model for right. for the communities right. we, we live in, so I think that's great. I think I think I agree with your point too that one of the ongoing challenges is is the public awareness piece. I, I I battle with the same thing. If I send out a letter about the collaborative process when I've been retained, um, there's this air of distrust from the other side. What right. is this process? Why is he recommending it? Is he tricking me? Or exactly, yeah. What's he got up his sleeve? That's right, right, that's right. But I think it's important for our listeners to know that um, there's advantages to both sides using right. the collaborative process. And just because we work in a creative and, and cooperative fashion, we're still advocating for each of our clients, right? Right, we're, we're still providing the legal framework. And, you know, this idea of uh, cost, you know, I get a lot of feedback from other collaborative lawyers who haven't done that many collaborative files saying, you know, full team's going to be too expensive. 
But after you go through two or three meetings and two or three families have done full team, you realize it's really efficient. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the education we're doing is with other professionals. And in terms of getting the message out, uh, you know, statistically podcasts are a huge medium out there. Lots of people listen to podcasts in their car when they're traveling home or on the subway. And so by participating in today's event, you're helping us to get the word on the street. So I thank you. Oh, no problem. These have been great tips. I really appreciate the efforts and the uh, contributions you made to the practice group locally. And I want to thank you for your time today. Well, thanks for having me, Russ. It was a pleasure as always. All right.